0: Welcome to the Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host, Will Paycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Gabe. So we're going to continue today where we started last time on a little mini-series called From Where Does My Help Come, or Where Does My Help Come From, trying to like not end a sentence with a preposition because I seems like I remember my teachers in class saying that was not good. Uh, but who cares, man? Like we're not writing. Right? Mm-hmm. This is we're just talking here. So from where does my help come? And we uh, had some great discussion last time about our help comes from the Lord, and we gave some examples about that from Scripture. Um, and and why are we doing this? Well, because you know a lot of times when when folks lose a, a loved one, particularly a child, like we're talking about on this podcast we sometimes feel like we're stuck on an island and we're all by ourselves. And we have to remember that, no, there are opportunities out there to like actually have some, some help. Like we're, we're not on an island by ourselves. And we talked about uh, some ways that we can uh, put support around us and what can we do to, to help push us through our grief uh, and experience that in a healthy way, but then move past that and, and get back to uh to kind of moving forward instead of staying stuck and so
1: we'll want you to go ahead and kind of bring us up to speed yeah thanks gabe yeah welcome guys this is episode 15 starting uh at where we left off with episode 14 so this is kind of a little mini series here like you said gabe you know we just talked about the question was you know, how does the death of my child affect my spiritual life and my marriage and what can i do to try to move towards the positive outcome more than a negative outcome and like you said we just discussed like some examples from the bible we talked about david and how when he's being hunted by saul and by his son and when he's just going through all of his struggles and trials how he turns to the lord and he says you know in psalm 121 that i lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come my help comes from the lord so he just says it right out there that god is who he relies on who he trusts and When he's going through trials he knows he can count on the lord because the lord is his refuge so we went from there we just talked about the importance of prayer we may get into that a little more today and we left off with a quote from c.s lewis that said you must ask for god's help even when you have done so it may seem to you for a long time that no help or less help than you need is being given never mind after each failure ask forgiveness pick yourself up and try again very often what God first helps us towards is not the virtue itself, but just this power of always trying again. So just, I think what we left off there was how prayer is not like rubbing a lamp and talking to the genie and telling him, hey, this is what I need. <clears throat> then you get it immediately and then life is good and you move forward and the genie goes back in the lamp and leaves you along. But God is ever present and he's personal and he wants a relationship with you and Since he knows everything, he knows that when you're asking for a particular thing, it might be a good thing in a vacuum, but it may not be the thing that's best for you right then. So because he loves you more than you love yourself and he knows what's best for you, he may not always give you exactly what you want when you ask for it, but he is faithful and he will do what is best for you. And as we've talked about before, he works all things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So I, can, I'm going to
0: jump in right there, man. Just say that that whole genie in the bottle thing, you know, I remember thinking that when I was, you know, when we were going through our stuff with our girls, you know, years ago, I was like, you know, God, I, I'm asking you to heal them and let them live. But, you know, it's, it's not working, so to speak, you know? And so, I was, And I was like, well, Lord, you said in your word that if I ask according to your name or if I ask in your name, then you'll give me whatever I ask. I was like, I'm asking for this. You know, it's not like a selfish thing. I'm asking for you to heal these kids, you know. And I'm, and even before that, I was asking, Lord, please let my wife's preterm labor stop so that she won't deliver these kids at 25 weeks, right? Because I knew how, obviously, how that was bad that would be. Um, and I was really disillusioned because I felt like, that a that god wasn't being my genie in a bottle you know and like he was like for some reason i thought he was supposed to be at my beck and call (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. like he served me instead of me serving him super bad wrong theology right Mm -hmm. there and then secondly i was i I got very discouraged because i was like well you know you read verses like be uh, according to your faith be it unto you and so Mm -hmm. then i was like oh well it's just because I, i i have such poor faith i have such a lack of faith this is why this is not happening you know, it's but if I had greater faith, if I really believed more, you know, then God would be answering my prayers. But I mm. can't manifest this to happen because my faith is so weak. Mm. And those and that is not correct theology either. You know, that's just not the way things work. I mean, when, when God talks about ask according to my name, he's talking about ask according to his will. Well, we don't always know, we've talked about this before, what his will is. Um, and we can't we can't sway his will. Um, and we have to accept that when stuff doesn't turn out the way we think it should, like in a situation where we're asking for something, it doesn't seem to come, come about. We have to jump back and and then be like, okay, well, God had his reasons for that. I'm still going to choose to trust him and follow him no matter what. Um, and I, I just, I want guys to understand that and hear that, that they, we serve God. He does not serve us, um, when we we're talking about praying according to his name, we are talking about praying according to his will. What do we know are his will? Well, he obviously, he wants us to, you know, do things that would be honoring and pleasing to him. He wants us to have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, generous self-control. You know, there's all these different things that we can pray that we can be assured of that we will receive. But some things we just don't know that we're going to receive because we don't know his ultimate plan. Now, looking back on it 16 years later, you know, what I can say is that I pray God would you heal my girls. And guess what? He healed, them. He healed them eternally. Mm-hmm. He didn't heal them, you know, temporally here on earth to then die again one day. He healed them eternally, and I can say that with full confidence because I know that they're with Him now in heaven, and one day I'll go to be with mm-hmm. <clears> them. <throat> you know, He, and, and and it wasn't that I had this. Well, maybe it was that I had a lack of faith. Uh, obviously, I need to increase my faith every day. But that's not why he didn't answer my prayers. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer my prayers the way I thought they needed to be answered because that wasn't according to his will, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Because if it was, it would, have been, it would have been answered. And I'm not trying to like... I, I really, you know, I don't feel like I'm trying to explain away God here. You know, I'm trying to help you, the guys understand, and myself still understand that this is the way things work. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. okay. And, and I had to... We have to come to that realization that we are not in control. God is in control. If things don't turn out the way we think they are, well it's just cuz I think it was wrong. We're not mm-hmm. his his we don't think like him. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And we have to come to that point where we're okay with that. But not only be okay with that, we have to be thankful for that because why would we want a god that we that serves us? Mm-hmm. Right? Why would we want a god that's not all powerful? Right? We want a god that we can serve and that mm-hmm. is all powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a <clears throat> that's an easy thing to relate to. I'm, I'm close enough to being a teenager that I remember, you know, there were times when I thought something was was good and right, <clears throat> excuse me, and was the best thing for me was to go hang out with friends at a on a school night or night of a test or, you know, whatever I thought was best. And so I went to my parents and I was like, hey, friends are doing this and this and this. I want to go hang out with them. I'll be home, and I'll study for the test, or I'll be back in bed by 9.30, whatever it is, and things will be great, and you don't have to worry. And my parents, in the place of God in this scenario, are like, no, I know better. I've had that experience, and I know if you go hang out with these friends, you're going to be home by 9.30. You're really going to be home by 10.30, 11.30, whatever. You're not going to study for your test. You're going to be in bad shape tomorrow. You're going to fail. It's going to be a negative consequence for you. So it's really easy for us As parents to say, and you if you're a parent or just you're an adult, to see God in the place of that parent knows the outcome and he's not going to give you something that you think is best or right for you if it's going to be a negative outcome for you in the future or if it's just not what the best thing is for you because he loves you enough to be straight with you or just to, to do the hard thing by not giving you exactly what you asked for because he knows the better thing is what's going to come in the future. And so I think that just comes with, like you said, Gabe, having a deeper faith and a trust in God and just knowing that if he doesn't give you what you want immediately, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he doesn't care about you. It's because he does care about you and love you that he's not going to immediately give you everything you ask for. So that's, like you said, that's a very important thing to know and understand especially at this time in life and and with going through the grief of of struggling with the loss of a child. So I think prayer is certainly something we could have multiple episodes on because is it's just such an amazing thing. It's it's such a powerful thing, but this isn't a a series on prayer. So we'll probably do that at some point in the future, but uh, just moving to kind of where we wanted to go next with this was what can I do? You know, I don't, I don't know if every guy out there is listening, that is listening feels the same way I do, but I'm a call it a a doer or a man of action that I, I wake up and I'm like, all right, I have Saturday free. I want to do something productive. I want to cut the grass. I want to plan this project. I want to do this. So what can you do actively to try to get closer to having a positive outcome from the loss of your child that blesses other people around you that glorifies God, and helps you get into a better place spiritually and in a better relationship with you and your wife. So just the most obvious thing, but I think the most important thing is wake up every single day and make a conscious choice to choose to trust God and choose to love your wife and try to draw closer to them. This is something you do every day, but you have to do it multiple times a day. This isn't a skill that you have. It's not something that Some guys are just better at being husbands or some guys are just better at having faith. And uh, I'm just a poor guy. I don't have a lot of faith and I'm I'm not super loving to my wife. So that's an excuse and I don't have to work at it. Like, no, you can be the laziest husband. You can be the, the most neglecting guy of your quiet time or your time with the Lord. And you still have a responsibility to do this and to be a good husband and to if you're a Christian, to build your relationship with the Lord and that's something you work at every day. It's the same as going to the gym or trying to be a better employee. You're not going to get better at it by just wanting to and not taking any action. So what you need to do is wake up every day, choose to trust your wife, choose to trust God and love your wife. And for me it's simple steps like writing a note to your wife in the morning or know taking a time to do a quiet time and that's our next point is the importance of a quiet time but grief is hard we know that there'll be good days and there'll be bad days so on the bad days you don't feel like you can get out of bed you and your wife are struggling because maybe how you're handling the death of your child is different from each other and you have to be intentional with this love of your wife and with this trying to draw close to the Lord so If you just get out of bed and you rely on your feelings and and what you feel like doing that day, whether you feel like loving your wife, you feel like God is near to you. So you want to get closer to him that day by praying and by doing a quiet time. But the next day you wake up and you just feel like, God, I haven't really felt anything from God today. So I just, you know, I'll, I'll do a quiet time tomorrow when I feel closer to him that's a really dangerous place to be in because if you're relying on your feelings, your feelings are going to change as the wind changes. Man, that right. is so, yeah. that's
0: so good. And I, I want to say two couple of things in mm-hmm. there. One, uh, in regards to that, that, that's that feelings versus, I'll say the emotions versus purpose. Okay, mm-hmm. or motivation versus purpose. Mm-hmm. This is not original to me. I've either heard it from Dan Hardy or I heard it from Jocko Willink. And they said, uh, we don't want to be driven by by motivation, because motivation can wane just like Mm -hmm. you were talking about that goes with our emotions right um we are we are we are our emotions follow our motivation our motivation Mm -hmm. follows our emotions but but if we are driven by purpose Mm -hmm. then that drives us past our emotions Mm -hmm. because we may not wake up like you said feeling like being a good husband or, or growing closer to the lord today but if we know our purpose is draw closer to the lord if our purpose is be a better husband, mm. take care of my wife, provide for her, take care of her emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially, then then that purpose is going to drive us past our emotions. And it makes mm-hmm. me think about doing burpees. Mm. One of the most evil exercises mm-hmm. on planet Earth, right? But th- they're great in this scenario or in this uh, as an example here because when you're doing burpees, you get knocked down intentionally, of course. You know, you're, you're down. And then you got to make the conscious decision to Mm. get back up Mm -hmm. then you get back you get knocked back down and then you have to make the conscious decision to get back up and Mm -hmm. if you know that you're doing a set of 20 or 50 or 100 or whatever the case may be like if you're a driven person and your purpose is to finish that set then every time you're going to make that conscious decision to get back up and that's Mm -hmm. the way it is in this situation especially when you're going through grief of loss of a child is we've got to make that conscious decision every day to get up and do the right things that need to be done, mm-hmm. like spending time with the Lord, like deciding to love your wife. And one thing that helps me in this is I pray these two prayers a lot. I'll say, mm-hmm. Lord, help me today to grow closer to you and closer to my wife. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, Lord, keep my eyes focused on you and my eyes only focused on my wife. You know, meaning let, me, let them mm-hmm. not stray to the lust of the world or lust of other women. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two things help me to start out my day and get my mind right. Uh, But as you said, that's something that I don't just pray once and let it go. Like Mm -hmm. I have to pray that prayer and be thinking about that
1: as we go throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's an important point you bring up there is you can't, if you get in the routine of waking up, you roll out of bed, you get dressed and you pray, Lord, help me to love you today and draw closer to you. Help me to love my wife and draw closer to her that's a great way to start out your day. But just because you prayed that once doesn't mean it's going to stay that way the rest of the day. Cause you're going to get to office, it's the office at seven 30, eight o'clock. And by eight 15, something's come up something didn't go the way it was supposed to go. You know, whatever. Something with the kids was crazy. Your wife had a bad day. You both, one of you forgot something. So by nine o'clock, you're just totally thrown off and you're like, well, you know, I guess I'm not going to do my quiet time today or gosh, I can't believe my wife did that. I just, okay, whatever, I'm just going to get to the day and the thing I was planning to do for dinner tonight, I'm not going to do, you know, whatever it is. So to me, like you said, you know, I, I have those prayers that are just something that anytime something comes up that you start feeling away from, further away from the Lord or you start feeling, like you said, some the temptation coming in to to think thoughts that you shouldn't. I have that same prayer where I'm like, Lord, help me to dwell on things that please you and not to dwell on things that will displease you. Help me to love my wife and help me to be drawn closer to you. And I think that's, it, it seems like a little silly saying just to, to talk to yourself and, you know, say that quickly. But like you said, the importance of reminding yourself that, like preaching to yourself, like, this is what I believe, I mean, don't feel this right now. but. I need to redirect my thoughts and redirect my heart to what I know is right, even when my heart is being drawn another direction. And I think that that conversation leads right into another C.S. Lewis quote from Mere Christianity. It says, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the greatest secrets. When you're behaving as if you love someone, you'll presently come to love him. And I think this quote is perfect for our conversation and for relationship between a husband and a wife because like we've been saying there are definitely going to be times so if you've been married longer than what Gabe three months six months you'll know maybe even a month for some people you know that you don't always feel love you don't feel this this storybook love of like I rolled out of bed and my wife's hair is perfect and I'm ready to go and there are birds sitting outside the window and there's rose petals all over our bedroom, you know, and this is just like beautiful, perfect love and everything is great. And you're going to have those days when, like we said, something goes wrong. You and your wife aren't on the same page and that causes an argument, whatever it is, maybe you're being a really crappy husband. And so that causes her to be frustrated with you. And that leads to frustration between the two of you. There's not going to be like an easy day every single day and it's just like oh, i feel just perfect love towards my wife so just like this quote says when you feel that frustration with your wife when you're you know she does something she shouldn't have done or you do something you shouldn't have and that causes tension don't let that be the end of the conversation and you just go away feeling bitter like tell yourself and choose okay i love this woman i've committed my life to her I need to act like I love her. And even if she did do something really terrible that frustrated you, say you're you're both going through the grief of losing your child and she says this is a common thing, you know, you're how come you're not as sad as I am, you know, whatever, you're not crying as much as I am, or you don't talk about our child as much as I do. Do you even care about him? You know, if you're in that conversation. That's a that's a hard thing I know that has happened between couples. And that can be very hurtful to have your wife tell you, like, you don't even care about our child because you're not be- at- reacting the same way I am. Even in that moment where you're you're struggling with that desire to defend yourself and improve yourself to your wife, behave as if you loved her and you don't feel love at that moment. You feel anger. But turn that around and say, OK, if I loved her, how would I respond? And you respond with love, you respond with grace, you respond with patience, and you've worked that situation out. And that could be any situation. So when you continually respond as if you love someone, as if you feel love towards someone, then you'll realize, as the quote says, it becomes easier and easier to love that person. And I think for me, in my spiritual life, that's been true. Because when I first became a Christian, I knew that I should feel love towards God and drawn to doing a quiet time every day and you know focusing half my day or whatever some period on prayer and on I want to serve you God wherever you take me into the mission field into wherever here there that's a thing that doesn't just come naturally I don't think to like oh well I became a Christian and now I want to dedicate everything to God I think that's for me, it was an important part of my faith was if I felt deep faith right now and I felt like I wanted to commit everything to the Lord, how would I respond? And then even in those moments where I don't feel that faith, I respond that way and that makes it easier the next time To you're training yourself in, okay, so last time I didn't feel perfect faith, I responded this way and that was right. So the next time I feel maybe a little more faith, but I think, what should I do? And I respond that way. And that's also right. And so it just gets easier and easier. You're training yourself to follow the Lord and to love your wife. And I think that's a practice you could probably take with, with anything that you want to do, going to the gym, whatever it is. But especially the two most important relationships you have in your life are going to be you, your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your wife. So like we said, allowing your emotions to lead is just a very dangerous thing to do so to respond and love is a discipline and it's not something you just roll out of bed ready to do every day
0: yeah and i would say that goes back to purpose and determination mm-hmm. what's our purpose and then once you have your purpose set which is love my wife right in this scenario right here even though you know, we're struggling, even though we're having a difficult time coming out of this loss. And you know, even though we may, you know, we may be saying things to each other that we will resent or regret later. Mm-hmm. You know, like our purpose is still to love one another and to be there for one another. Mm-hmm. And and love is a verb. It's not an emotion. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, there's some amorous feelings that come out of being in love with somebody. But in, inevitably, like love is a choice that we make. We choose mm-hmm. to love our spouse. And it's not just how are they making us feel, it's what can we do to serve them. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus said that men are to, we are to husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. So we are to be servants to our wives. And mm. and so we look for ways to serve them. And guess what? If we do that, they're going to lay down their lives for us too. And they're going to be servants for uh, towards us. Like it's going to go both ways. And so we're not saying be a doormat here. We're saying that, you you literally like put yourself second so that way you can mm-hmm. put your wife first and mm-hmm. that's gonna be a good thing because you're gonna come out winning in the end. Okay, both of you are and mm-hmm. and so I think that we need to we just need to remember that it's all about a choice. It's all mm-hmm. about determination. It's all about what's your purpose and sticking to that even on times when you don't mm-hmm. feel like it or even times when you feel like your emotional or physical or whatever needs may not be in, be be being met. Mm-hmm. If we act out of love, then eventually I think they, they will be. Mm-hmm. And, and I love this <clears> quote from Jeremiah. You want to read that
1: that you've yeah, got there? If I could quit coughing, I'll probably okay. love that all episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've been just talking about like why you can't trust your feelings. And I think this is perfect proof from Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. God speaks saying, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So that's two things there. God searches the heart and tests the mind so he knows what's in our heart, so we can't hide it from him. But that first first there is just the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. So that to me just says, you know, when you feel like that's such a thing in our culture today is YOLO. You only live once. You know, you do you live your best life.
0: Don't follow do anything, heart.
1: yeah, follow your heart. Don't do anything that doesn't make you happy. You know, like I guess there's there was something that was big on Netflix. It was about what furniture or stuff in your house. It was like, uh, don't keep anything around that doesn't bring you joy or something like that, and like that may be fine if you want to treat your furniture that way, but what when you start internalizing that and you start saying, oh. My wife doesn't really bring me a lot of joy. I don't know how they're defining joy because I don't think joy is an emotion. I think we need to see from the Bible joy is a state of mind that you're given by the Spirit, but that's a very dangerous way to approach your life because life is full of things that you, full of times that you're going to have to do something that you don't feel like it when it's going to be a great benefit to you. And if you didn't do anything that you didn't feel like doing, you would never have a good, strong marriage. You'd never be able to have any kind of good friendships with anyone. If you only hung out with them I mean, everyone's probably had that friend that only hung out with them when things are good or when you could do something for them. And when you had that friend reflect on how you felt when like the times when you needed something, you called them and they weren't there or they were just like, sorry, I'm busy. Like, did you feel like this person really loves me and cares about me? And that's how I want to be towards other people. So knowing that life is full of times that you're going to have to do something you don't want to do, like what, what are those things maintaining your car? Like if you, you don't probably, some of you might, you probably don't want to go out and change the oil, rotate the brakes, you know, rotate your tires, change the brakes, you know, all those things that you have to do to a car to keep it running. But if you don't do that, eventually one day you're going to get in that car and you're not going to be able to go anywhere. So eating healthy is the same way. You want to, you're 35 years old now and you're in great shape and you're just like, cool, I'm in good enough shape now. Or the analogy here, my marriage is in good enough shape. I don't need to put any more work towards it. I don't need to go to the gym. I don't need to eat healthy. So I'm just going to do whatever I want now. I'm going to eat junk food. I'm going to think of thoughts I shouldn't about another woman in, in the marriage analogy there and things will be good because we're in a good place. So we'll just let it coast. Like eventually, your body is going to start breaking down because even though you started in a great place, you aren't eating healthy anymore. You aren't exercising. You're doing all the worst things. And at some point, maybe, maybe you were in great shape and it's going to take a few years. Maybe you're not in such great shape and it might take a few months. You're going to get to a place where you're not in good shape anymore. You've been doing all these bad things and you're in such a place that you've got this health problem or that health problem. Maybe if you just give it all away when you're 35, by the time you're 40, you're a totally different person and you're like at the the point of needing some medical interventions to help you out. And so same thing for your marriage. If you're 35, you're 30 and you have a great relationship with your wife and you're like, you know, I put a lot of work towards this, but this is hard. So I don't want to work so hard to have a great marriage anymore. Sure. Go ahead and try that. But six months later, two years later, five years later, you're going to wake up and you're going to realize, wow, my marriage isn't what it was three, four, or five years ago when everything was great, and why is that? Because I didn't do the things that I needed to do as a husband to take care of my wife, to love my wife, to build that relationship. So approach God, approach loving God and your wife, not begrudgingly, but with determination to keep pushing towards that goal, like you've been saying this whole time, Gabe, that motivation, that determination, and when it's hard for you, don't feel like you have to do this thing because it's a it's a nice thing to do or it's a it's a you know whatever what people would expect from you do it because you've made a commitment to the lord that you were going to love that woman and you were going to be with her and you made a commitment to the lord that you were going to follow him and you're going to be a believer and a follower of christ so you've made that commitment you're a man you need to stick by your word you need to do the right thing so love your wife because it's the good and the right thing to do. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Gabe. What do you get? No, got?
0: no, that's awesome. I think mm-hmm. that's a great, this is a great way seeing what's next on our notes for us to kind of tie off this episode and say that, you know, th- these episodes are, from where does my help come? Mm-hmm. Well, right here, we're saying, A, the help comes from the Lord. B, there's some, the help comes from us determining our purpose mm-hmm. before we act mm-hmm. and act, and and, and, and so we have some internal help, right? We've mm-hmm. got some internal help because we're driven by purpose. We're not driven by emotions. Mm. We're not driven by feelings. Your purpose is to get through this grief. Your purpose is to learn from this very difficult time. Your purpose is to love your wife and help her get through this difficult purpose. Mm. So why? So you can be a comfort to her. And then eventually so you can comfort others. Mm-hmm. So that way this loss is not lost it has a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So our hope comes from the Lord. Our help also comes from these internal purposes that we have that's gonna drive us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, uh, it says, I may so that I may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've got to remember the the Lord is our helper through this. When you don't feel those emotions, when you don't feel that motivation, just remember that God's given you purpose, okay? And 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 you can have that as your driving factor and motivating factor to get up and to love your wife well every day. And that's really what we've been talking about in this episode is making that conscious choice to get up and to do the right thing and to love your wife. Mm. And now on the next episode, we're going to be talking about making the conscious choice every day to get up and spend some time with the Lord. Mm. So make sure that you're a plugging yourself in uh, to our next episode
1: yeah thanks guys for joining us today make sure you follow lost boys to found fathers on facebook instagram and twitter you can always check out gabe's book at And remember you don't have to be lost let's be found in him